It happens to all of us. We find ourselves dealing with difficult people. Maybe you work with one or have a family member who is passive aggressive or outright aggressive. How did Jesus deal with difficult people? And what does the Bible tell us today, dealing with difficult people the biblical way? Hi, this is Robert Furrow and welcome to Hot Topics. The comment section is open below. We would love to hear from you. The first thing that we wanna rule out is the attack response. Someone comes at us and we come right back at them. This for a Christian is responding in the flesh through our sin nature. And although sometimes it feels satisfying, oftentimes we regret it later. And it escalates things when we want to live for Christ and allow him to use us to shine for him, perhaps that someone could come to Christ. If it takes someone being mean to us to show people around us the nature of Christ, then that's a small price to pay. Let me give you a couple of verses that give us direction on how to deal with people. Romans 12, 17 and 18 says, repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it is possible, as much as it depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Now, sometimes it's not possible. Sometimes you do everything that you can do and the person still doesn't live peaceably with you. And then you have to just kind of wash your hands of it and say, God, I've done all that I can do. It doesn't mean you turn and attack. You continue to strive to live in peace, but sometimes it's as much as it depends upon you. But what a statement. If it's possible, as much as it depends on you, live peaceably with all men. It's interesting that the Bible deals with different situations, even the way we interact when someone is rude to us. Colossians 4, 6 says, let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. Now that is, if our speech is always with grace, that means we're willing to respond to people in ways that they don't deserve. Maybe they deserve for us to come down on them. But if our speech is always with grace, then we are responding in gracious ways, seasoned with salt. Salt helps to make things taste just right when you get the right amount of salt on them. And so our speech seasoned with salt is that we would have the wisdom to say the right thing at the right time. Now we also wanna respond in the spirit. We wanna walk in the spirit. We don't wanna to have to get into the spirit, but we wanna live as much as possible out of our flesh and in the spirit. And we know that there's a struggle that takes place, right? The Bible says that our spirit struggles against the flesh and the flesh against the spirit, so we don't do the things that we want. Nevertheless, we wanna walk in the spirit. Nevertheless, the benefits of walking in the spirit are phenomenal. Galatians 5.16 says, I say then walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. I love that because it's the positive. I'm not running around trying not to be in my flesh but instead I'm walking in the spirit and we should learn to live in the spirit as much as we can. Galatians 5, 22 and 23 tell us the fruit of the spirit. If I'm walking in the spirit, these will be the qualities of my life. It says, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control against such there is no law. Now think about walking in the spirit and having these things in our lives. First of all, love. We truly love them. It's not about attacking them or hating them, but we make a decision to love them. Second, joy, that we are joyful and we don't let someone who is aggressive or passive aggressive or angry take our joy. Peace, that we are peacemakers 
and we're walking in peace, long-suffering, meaning we're willing to be patient with someone who might be aggressive. Kindness, responding in kindness when they respond being mean or aggressive. Goodness, faithfulness, just being faithful to do what God's called you to do. Gentleness and self-control. And then it says, against such there is no law. If we will walk in these ways, it will really help us to live our lives as Christ called us to live. Let me give you some ways that I deal with aggressive people in a polite setting. In other words, it's a dinner, it's a social gathering, and somebody says something to me passive aggressive or really aggressive. Jesus responded to aggressive people often by asking questions. And I found this to be helpful in my own life. When someone is aggressive to me in a family setting, other people are listening in, or they're passive aggressive, and everybody knows what's going on, I like to ask them a question. Could you expound on that further? What did you mean by that? Could you could you tell me a little bit more? Why do you, why, why do you think that? Now, what this does is causes them to respond to it. If they're being passive aggressive, they're gonna go, oh, I was only joking. And then you could say something like, wow, it didn't sound like a joke. And you kind of laugh. Oh, okay, thank God, it didn't sound like a joke. You kind of laugh it off. Or if they're saying something that's aggressive, then they can lighten it. They notice that you're going to respond to their aggressiveness. And it just helps when they're aggressive and you say, could you expound further? It, it just helps. The person has to then kind of get it more out in the open. Then you can respond in a Christ-like way. You can tell them, I'm sorry that you're offended. I didn't mean to do that. Or I really don't want to be that way. And you can respond and perhaps put down the aggressiveness. Now, I can tell you that when I was younger and I would have someone that I was having an interaction with that wasn't good, I would fantasize about how I would tell them something and how I would tell them off. And as time went on, I had a couple of opportunities to do that. And I've got to say, as a Christian, I felt a check in my spirit immediately. I felt conviction because that's not the way God wants us to respond. It's the way our flesh wants to respond, but not the way God wants us to respond. Listen to what Philippians 2, 3 and 4 says, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interest, but also the interest of others. This flies in the face of the flesh that wants to respond to someone and get that upper hand. You're just saying, I'm not gonna do anything out of selfish ambition. They're gonna tear me down and I'm gonna respond in love because that's what Jesus told us to do. See it as an opportunity to love the unlovable. We don't always have an opportunity to do the things Jesus told us to do. Luke 6, 27 and 28 says, but I say to you here, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who spitefully use you. Here Jesus is giving us direction that we respond in a different way than the world. And when someone treats you that way, it's an opportunity for you to do what the scriptures say. He goes on to say later on in the same text, Luke 6, 35 and 36, but love your enemies, do good and lend, hoping for nothing in return. And your reward will be great and you will be sons of the most high for he is kind to the unthankful and evil. Therefore be merciful, just as your father also is merciful. God sees when you respond in a Christ-like way. And it says, he rewards you, and you are like your father who is in heaven. Now, Proverbs also gives us some help on how to respond to difficult people. Proverbs 12, 16 says, fools show their annoyance at once, but the prudent 
overlook an insult. If you are wise and prudent, then you overlook that insult. But if you respond immediately, then you show annoyance at once and you're a fool. Proverbs 23 says, it is one's honor to avoid strife, but every fool is quick to quarrel. So it's honorable to avoid strife, but a fool is quick to step up and fight. Now also not only walking in the spirit, but walking in love. Proverbs 10, 12 says, hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all sin. What a promise. Love covers all sin. And the Bible tells us that we can do all kinds of good things, but if it's not without love, it doesn't mean anything. Love has to be the center of what we are doing. And that's gonna help us respond in a positive way. Proverbs 17, 14 says, the beginning of strife is like releasing water. Therefore, stop contention before quarrels start. Boy, that's a great statement. Once strife begins, it's like releasing water. How can you hold back a river? How can you stop once the water is released? So stop it before it begins. Know the wisdom of not getting in that fight, even though in the flesh it would feel really good. Proverbs 22, 24 says, make no friendships with an angry man, and with a furious man do not go. What good advice. When you find someone that's aggressive, someone who's angry, someone who's furious, in today's terms, we would call them toxic, then you can distance yourself from that person. You don't have to be there. You can walk away when you're having a conversation. You can say, I'm not gonna go to this event because that person is there and I'm trying to distance myself from them. I find that there are certain people in my life that I've made a decision not to be around and not to continue a friendship. I get to choose those things. We've only got a limited amount of time in our lives for certain friends, and sometimes we have to say, this is just not good for me. It's not a good relationship. I wanna do the things that God's called me to do, but I wanna stand for Him. I hope this is helpful. God bless you. We'll see you next time on Hot Topics.